0: Support for this podcast comes from Troy University, dedicated to teaching a new generation to lead change. Information on leadership opportunities available to students from day one is at troy.edu slash lead
1: change. From Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. People who are blind often use guide dogs, and today we have an update from Guide Dogs of America about their merger with tender-loving canines. Adam Beasley, a 20-year volunteer with Guide Dogs of America, joins us to talk about that merger. Adam Beasley, so great to visit with you again by Skype from Enterprise, Alabama.
0: Well, thank you very much. It's great to be on your show, and uh, it's great to have the opportunity to uh, share again about Guide Dogs of America and our uh, new programs that we have, which is uh, Tender Loving Canines.
1: And what made you so committed to this volunteer service?
0: Well, I grew up in a town in South Florida where we had a uh, blind preacher. He never did have a guide dog. He just had a cane. I wondered, you know, what would it have been like for him to have had a guide dog? How much better would his life have been? And I've just been really interested. And also, uh, I'm a member of the Machinist Union, and Guide Dogs of America was founded by the uh, Machinist Union.
1: Didn't they have an officer who was also blind?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Guide Dogs of America has enlarged its scope of service. How has it done that?
0: Tender Loving Canines merged into Guide Dogs of America two years ago. They're a part of our program now, and we now provide autism dogs for children. We provide PTSD dogs for uh, the veterans, and we provide facility dogs like for courthouses, schools, and for uh, hospitals, all free of charge throughout the United States and
1: Canada. I noticed that your group is accredited by the Assistance Dogs International.
0: Yes, we are accredited by them. It's really great to have that accreditation. People that receive our dogs come to our school to learn how to work with them, but we also have follow-up support, so when they get home and have a problem with a skill they might have learned, we'll be right there for them. And that's all free of charge.
1: Adam, how is the organization funded? Because I have been told that these guide dogs are worth thousands of dollars due to the extensive training that is needed.
0: We're funded solely by donations. The cost of an average guide dog is around $65,000. That's all the uh, training and the uh, work that goes into a guide dog, and we have wonderful people that raise our puppies up until it's time for them to come to the formal training, but all of that still costs money. We've been blessed since 1948 to have the funding through donations to be able to continue our programs.
1: What does the law say about service dogs, guide dogs? Where can they go?
0: A guide dog can go anywhere you and I can go, especially here in Alabama. I had the opportunity to help write the laws here in Alabama for service dogs and guide dogs. So a guide dog can go wherever you and I can go, and it's against the law to forbid them from going into places.
1: When your organization included or enlarged the service to service dogs, what, by definition, does a service dog do as opposed to a guide dog?
0: A guide dog is totally different from a service dog. A guide dog, his main function is to guide and lead somebody that is blind or visually impaired. A service dog is for somebody that has other ailments other than being blind, you know. So a service dog, like for children with autism, that dog will uh, comfort that child. And then for the veterans, the PTSD dogs are there to uh, comfort the veterans and all also. So there's a difference between a service dog and a uh, guide dog.
1: How should you interact with a person who has a guide dog or a service dog?
0: The first thing you should do is, you know, it's it's real tempting for children and for adults. You know, like, all of us like pets and all of us like dogs. But the first thing you should do is approach the person, not the dog. And a lot of times, if you approach that person and ask them, you know, if you could pet their dog, but also you got to keep in mind that, A person's life depends on that dog, especially a guide dog. So you need not do anything to distract that dog while it's working because that person's life depends on that dog keeping them safe.
1: Speaking of saving a life, I noticed your website said, if a service dog is without its handler, it may mean that the owner is in need of help.
0: That is correct. That is very much correct. Uh, The service dogs may leave their handler to go and seek some help from somebody else. You know, if the handler's down or something, the service dog may leave and, and go and try and find somebody else and lead them back to where they can help the person.
1: What if you have a dog and you get in the vicinity of a service dog? What should you do with your dog?
0: First off, your dog should be on a leash. And in Alabama, it's against the law for a uh, a dog to interfere with the actions of a service dog or a guide dog. So you should keep your dog away from the service dog. If you come in contact with them, you should maybe go the other direction or walk a, a wide path away from them so you won't be interfering with the work that the uh, service dog is doing or distracting the service dog because that person's life may be depending on that dog.
1: Why are so many of these dogs labs, Labradors?
0: Well, we use labs. They're a very smart breed, and a lab is easy to train. They're very loyal to their masters. They just make great dogs for service dogs. We use labs, golden retrievers, and German shepherds, and we use the crossbreeds between labs and uh, golden retrievers also.
1: Is there anything else you want your listeners to know about Guide Dogs of America now that it has expanded to encompass tender-loving canines, service dogs?
0: Sure. I'd like to let my listeners know that we're out there for you. If you have a need of a service dog or a guide dog for your autistic child, or if you're a service member that happens to be suffering from PTSD, Or if you're in a facility, we provided the Mobile District Attorney's Office. They have one of our dogs. And the Enterprise Alabama Police Department has one of our dogs working as a community service dog. But anyway, if you're in need of one of our dogs, visit our website, guidedogsofamerica.org. You can learn a lot about the uh, criteria for our service dogs. We have some great videos there. The application process, you can do that right there on the uh, website. I'll be glad to uh, visit with you and, and help you through the process. We're just out there to help people that are in need.
1: And finally, where are the dogs trained?
0: Our dogs are bred, raised, and trained in Selmar, California. At our school, we have over 230 puppies born and raised there. At eight weeks old, they go out to people that voluntarily raise our puppies for us. They get the basic obedience training they need and uh, socialize them with people. And then at 18 months old, they come back into the school and start their formal guide dog training.
1: Well, Adam, I want to thank you for this update by Skype on Guide Dogs of America and the tender loving canines. This is making lives better.
0: Well, thank you very much for having me you'll find Guide Dogs of America, tender loving canines on Facebook too. And uh, when we have a graduation, we do a live stream on Facebook. You can watch the graduations there. Thank you so much for having me on your program. And let me talk about something that I'm very passionate about. And has very much blessed my life.
1: That was Adam Beasley, longtime volunteer with Guide Dogs of America. More information can be found at the website, guidedogsofamerica.org. Thanks for joining us today for In Focus, which is now a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener supported Troy Public Radio.